welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple problem that many other writers share. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Mm-hmm. So to charter out a little uh, slice of time and uh, do the right thing, we are issuing a challenge. Each week, you sit down for 30 minutes to write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then you send in your stories, we read one, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the rest of the stories sent in by you, want, you wonderful listeners. Uh-huh, exactly. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A, a doof, doof media, media production. production. I am feeling like this is a new dawn in general mm-hmm. uh, for everything. Did you know, Jarvis, that we have a new logo? We have a new logo. We're like yes. We have like a professional logo. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually really excited for it because I know it's it's almost identical to what we were thinking when we first uh, uh, came up with the uh, original logo that um, was was yes. good, but it was a we poor, got, just, just a little bit janky. We got exactly what we paid for. It's mm-hmm. like we, we paid 30 bucks to someone on Fiverr, um, which was it, it was exploitative for them, which I, I still feel bad to have done that. But also... <laughs> I mean, they did only have to do work for like probably like fifteen minutes, maybe. If if they, even, they it was really funny. We sent them a sketch like, "Could you do something like this?" And they literally just like traced the sketch, which was very bad, uh, mm. into a digital format. And we're like, "Okay, well, let's." Anyway, um, <laughs> but no, we had an actual professional. Um, the wonderful. Um, if you want to find her on Twitter, it's. Uh, at sarcastically she doesn't normally do logos it was a one it was a a friend thing mm, um one time that friend. she did that um but she does some wonderful other art she's a professional graphic designer and it's actually very impressive and cool so yeah 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 so i'm very thankful that she took the the time to do something different and give us a new wonderful logo and all new energy for this podcast yeah, and something actually like professional, mm-hmm. um, but this—that's just what—that's just what I feel like right now. I had sort of um, a thing this past week, yeah, sort of an epiphany of like I want to change things. I feel like I haven't done anything in so long, which I had, you know, I had and have plenty of excuses regarding depression and this pandemic year. But at the same time, like I've also been giving into those excuses, you know, like mm-hmm. th- they are good reasons, but also at some point. Sometimes you have to face the suffering, you know, and you have to choose to do the hard thing. Um, and I have not been doing that for a while. And I think that's that's unhealthy of me. So I'm trying to face that um, and not give myself so many breaks. And I'm not like hating on myself. I think that's that's what you're not supposed to do. I think that's where people and I have gone wrong in the past is where you sort of just have self-loathing. And that actually brings you back down into that muck. Mm-hmm to wallow in um but instead just trying to intentionally choose the difficult hard thing that is going to suck yeah yeah and i mean i i know it is hard but i'm very glad that you are making that that choice for a self betterment Uh, Mm -hmm. because i know it's it's hard to even first think of the the idea and really keep up with it even though you Mm -hmm. know you you do have those um dog days yeah so i have been um, keeping up and being a little bit more uh, focused for at least like four days, so that's that's something. Okay, <laughs> and that's I am going week. to keep it up. I'm I'm just gonna do it. Mm-hmm. 
Just do it. Just just it, like uh, Mr. Nike told us. Just like Mr. Nike told us. It helps that I have a job now, so I can actually, like, have an excuse to wake up early. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyway. And, you know, having, anyway. having money is a great uh, motivator for all things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially once I actually move out and also have daily expenses, like, mm-hmm. rent. Ooh, anyway. That's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be super fun. Um, but regarding all this trying hard, I actually wrote a story this week. Um, really? So you're so, trying even harder? Yeah. So do you want to say the words real quick and then we can get into talking about it? Of course. So the topic for this week was all is not what it seems. Basically, we challenge our lovely audience to write us a story where the twist is something that is unexpected. Um, and the words that they use to write these fantastic stories are code, cupboard, menu, and key. Uh, that's right. So, um, yeah, I decided to do the right thing. Um, we had a very quick deadline turnaround because I just wanted to get going. And also as a motivation to myself to get things going. Um, I didn't expect actually to get three submissions this week with such a short turnaround. So congrats to those who sent in your stories. Yeah, um, those, those like, were day, day stories. Part of the reason that I decided... Or one of the reasons I was motivating myself to write the stories because I expected not many people to uh, send in your, their stories um, mm-hmm. with the uh, short turnaround. But regardless, um, on Friday, I um, actually did a short stream on the Discord, which again is free to join if you haven't already. Um, just a pretty spur on the moment. Actually, no, it wasn't Friday. I said I was going to do it Friday and then I... No, it was Friday. I said I was going to do it Thursday and then I did it Friday. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so a couple of people tuned in and it was cool talking about, um, with each other about, uh, writing processes and, uh, what that's like. And it was interesting having an audience. Um, I ended up not using the story that I wrote then, but with, nice, by nice. talking to, um, I think it was Matt said words that was on the call. Um, uh, it, it gave me an idea at the end that, um, led me to write this story, which I kind of like. Nice, nice. Well, I am excited to uh, hear you read it. This uh, this story is unknown to me, so I am eager to see how you've changed over time. Okay, I'm going to start. The diner wasn't empty, even though it was 3 a.m. There was something about being a chain diner that let people feel as if it was safe, as if it was a place they were supposed and not supposed to be at in the middle of the night. Marge had read somewhere, back when she'd taken that year at college, about liminal spaces, those places between places, like doorways or crossroads. She didn't know exactly how a diner fit into that, but it did. Marge told herself she liked working in the night shift, that she'd always been a night owl and that the night was quieter anyway. Those excuses would have sounded less hollow when she was in her 20s, and not 20 years after that. She didn't like being the stereotype of a tired waitress, and it made her sad that that was probably all people saw, even though she wrote poems on her smoking break and went hiking on weekends. At least she had representation on TV. The couple that came in had been arguing outside, one car door slamming, the other softer. The man was big with hands in his big coat, with a hard stare that passed quickly over Marge and the group of teenagers giggling in the booth at the opposite end and the two truckers at the counter. He looked like a thug, a big nose that looked smashed in enough times to have stuck that way, 
The kid, because of course there was a kid, was a little boy in a puffy coat. He didn't take it off as he slid to the far end of the booth. The woman sat next to the boy, across from the man. She looked ragged, with tear-burned eyes and hands hidden in a loose sweater. Marge came over and gave them their menus, asked for what they wanted to drink. Coffees both. The little one didn't want anything, but accepted a water. The couple refused menus. Just passing through, the woman said. When she handed them their coffees, the woman wrapped both her hands around it, warming them. Marge caught the sight of bruises at one wrist, with some other coloring around the knuckles. When she tried to look more, the woman saw her and pulled up her sleeves, covering them. Marge didn't say anything, just pursed her lips. It wasn't her business. She went and grabbed mugs from the cupboard, took care of things. The teenagers wanted more syrup, and the truckers wanted her number. Normal things. She didn't like the way the couple was acting. They whispered at each other. The woman leaned forward and sang a lot, motioning toward the kid. The man didn't say much, just nodded or shook his head a few times. The kid was wringing a napkin, not saying a word, just twisting it. It brought back a lot of memories. Her dad hit her a lot. Her being both Marge's mom and Marge when she got old enough. She had several memories of diners like this one, followed by motels with scratchy sheets. And the kid, not even asking for juice? Pancakes? The last time Marge was that unresponsive, when surrounded by treats, was after she got a real bad beating. Like when a teacher had noticed the bruises on Marge's arms, placed to be covered up, and had a conference about it. The teacher hadn't done enough, hadn't reassured her. Marge had been too scared to speak up, her dad looming right next to her, and so had her mom, apparently. After the next time she had to go to school, the next time she had to go to school, her mom taught her how to use makeup to cover the marks on her face. She wore long sleeves after that. She checked on the couple and they asked for the check, after one coffee each. She brought it. They paid card. She brought back the receipt for them to sign, and they said they would be staying a little longer, if that was alright. She took the receipt back to put away and said she'd be back to refill their coffees. She checked for the tip and found something else. On the signature line, in scraggly, loopy print as if done in echo of a signature, was the words, Help us. Marge felt a shiver run through her. God Damn it, she thought. She didn't want to deal with this. Why do waitresses get saddled with so much moral responsibility? But of course, she would try. She steeled herself. The hissed exchange at the table stopped as she approached. Looks like the card machine isn't working. Would you mind coming with me to type in your card information? What? the woman said, raising an eyebrow. She looked at the man as if to check, and he wasn't looking, reading something on his phone, maybe. I thought you said it was already charged. 
It didn't go through, Marge said, locking eyes with her. If you come with me, I can place a call and find out what the problem is. She pled a bit inside herself for this woman to read between the goddamn lines. Leave, damn it, Marge thought to herself. For the kid, at least. The woman stared her back in her eyes, pressed her lips together into a sharp line, and gave an inscrutable look to the man. He wasn't even looking, staring at some imaginary thing in the diner. After a long, slow moment, the woman said, We're fine, thank you. We'll just pay cash, won't we? She aimed the end at the man. It would just take a moment. The kid can use the bathroom while you place the call? It's fine. It's fine, the man interrupted, almost, with finality, as if wanting to crash the tension. We don't want her to leave, he said. The woman smiled at him, conveying something in that couple's code. Marge looked between them, trying to figure it out. We're fine, the woman said again, with a slight smile that seemed to signal something else. Some air of disappointment, as if to say, Thanks, but you just made everything worse. The matter seemed settled. Okay. Okay. If you're sure, Marge said. She glanced at the kid, and the kid was ringing and was still ringing that napkin, twisting it. Because, um, it would really be no trouble. In, in fact, if you just let me get to the phone, I could just place a call myself. We're fine. The man set his coffee down with enough coffee that some spilled on the table and fixed Marge with a, with a glare. One of the truckers turned around for a second before returning to his coworker. The teenagers were quiet too, whispering about the outburst. There was a pregnant pause deflated by each moment because of the emptiness of the diner. Then the man noticed the spilled coffee and seemed to be embarrassed. The truckers started talking again. The teenagers snorted something, and the truckers started talking again. Marge didn't make eye contact with the man as she got napkins and cleaned up the coffee. He seemed to try to help, some hesitance in those large, in those large hands. But she didn't let him. Y'all enjoy your night. Don't worry about the money. Marge said, dismissing them. Assholes. This is why she tried not to care. As Marge grabbed the plates, she glanced at the woman and almost paused. The woman was looking at the man with an expression that seemed almost... pleased? Marge glanced away before the woman could see her staring. She took the plates to the back. The kid never stopped wringing that napkin. When the couple left, the kid took one last glance at Marge. She remembered that kind of look. She had the same one on her face when she left the parent-teacher meeting, the closest, the closest someone had ever gotten to getting her out of her dad's clutches. It was sad. Disappointed, but not surprised. More angry at himself than at her for not saving them. The woman ushered out the boy, the man closed behind. Before closing the door, 
The man looked Marge in the eyes. The look on his face wasn't any different. Well, all right. I really uh, enjoyed this this story. Uh, I like how the beginning is really filled with so much great de- description of this diner. Um, and then we go in, in, into the backstory of Marge, which I think was, was really well, well placed um, within this overall story. Um, and then this exchange between Marge and this couple with their kid was really interesting. And I found myself being very... Um, intrigued on what was exactly happening here because uh, someone put help on help us on the receipt but I wasn't totally sure about who was asking for help I mean at first I was like well typically it was probably the wife uh, writing that down for her and, and the kid but then also seeing the almost dejected de- tone that the man sat in I kind of questioned it. So yeah, this this story is really, really interesting. It brings a lot of really great elements in here. Um, and yeah, I think uh, my favorite thing about this is just the the flow and the de- and the description of smaller movements that you provide in, in this piece. Um, I'm glad. Um, what did you feel was the ending about? The so of course something is happening within this. Um, relationship here right but it's also strange because it because the the couple seems to have some sort of solidarity there but i'm going to assume that mm, i'm gonna hop right to abuse but that's that's what it this this story seems mm-hmm. to be point uh, seems to be, to be pointing towards but i'm not exactly sure who is the abuser within this mm-hmm. situation if that makes okay. sense, I, I'm, yeah, I'm no, going to say based based off of this month's topic, I will say that maybe it's the wife who's the abuser in this situation. Right. Okay, yeah. So that's what I was aiming for. Okay. Um, and I'm like, your hesitance in in having the answer is not on your end. Like it's, it was something I was trying to seed through, but I, um, yeah, I had trouble with it. Like, um, so the original seed of the idea was, was basically like this. Um, my earlier draft was actually at a fancy, like, restaurant, and Ooh. there was a much, like, clearer power dynamic with, like, the guy being rich, but, like, the younger woman um, being the one actually in control and stuff, but I couldn't quite make that work. Also, I lost sympathy with the rich man because he was rich, so... <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So, uh, no, so, yeah, I had... I It didn't work. Uh, but then once I changed to a shitty diner, it it was easier um, to, I don't know, have visible uh, abuse happening. But yeah, no, so the intention is supposed to be that the man is the one that, that signed the receipt and said, help us. And um, I feel like I could have set up the situation, the confrontation a little bit different where it's like, I don't know, if, if the woman went up to go to the bathroom or something and like the waitress had like a private conversation with her right Mm. um because then it would be a little bit more obvious that like the man's not even involved so he can't be like he he can't jump in and to get help or whatever right yeah i I see Um, that i mean i did enjoy how it was very subtle 
and mm-hmm. there are plenty of, of clues po- uh, pointing towards your desired end. How defensive the the man got as soon as um, things started to be questioned, and how his, his wall sort of e- e- immediately went up. But then, mm-hmm. as soon as he knows that he spilled this this coffee, he was hesitant to help and you know clean it up, which wouldn't be something that you would probably see in someone who is a, a abuser. Right. Yeah. So there were definitely breadcrumbs there. Um, I just feel that the subtlety of the abuse was a bit too subtle mm-hmm. for the yeah. desired end that that you were that you were pointing towards. Because of course it it is it is contrary to what we are used to expecting. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, my thing with the original thing I, I was doing is so I did yeah with the prompt for this month. Uh, all is not what it seems. I, I had two goals going into it, which was one, it, it has to have a twist, right? Yeah. Um, and two, I didn't want to do something supernatural um, for this week. Maybe as we get closer to Halloween, I'll do another one. But I feel like I do. I, I don't know. It felt too easy if I was just gonna. It, it felt too easy to start with a premise of reveal something supernatural at the end, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, when I, I was having trouble um, with that earlier draft getting... Because it's too obvious if it's just like... It, it felt too obvious if it was from the beginning that... Um, oh, it turns out the man is the one being abused, right? So mm-hmm. I was trying to temper that obviousness by, like, really signaling that he's the abuser, making him big and strong and all this, um, and having the other stuff be subtle. Um, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, it was probably maybe a little bit too subtle. Or I think there's a little bit more that I could have put in there that, like, when you get to that last line, the like, expression being the same as the kids, mm-hmm. right? Or the same as uh, Marge's was back in that um, parent-teacher meeting. Um, that would make you go, oh, and sort of, like, feel a little bit gross, you know? Mm-hmm. Feel a bit like, oh, shit, this is... Marge not only didn't help, she made things worse because now, like, the abuser is going to punish the, the kid and the man for trying to get help. Yeah, I mean, that moment at the end was really strong, and I really did like how... Excuse me. How it's linking back to Marge's own experience. So I feel definitely using that that like wonderful uh, piece or, or that or that wonderful section about you going through Marge's past, using that to a greater uh, effect to instill that within the actual audience that oh okay mm-hmm. these similar feelings of being the one being uh, abused is prevalent within this re relationship only it's uh within the the man right mm-hmm. um which i mean there, as i say there are plenty of breadcrumbs there i i just feel that the subtlety that you used is good in certain places mm-hmm. but as we get towards the end i i found my myself sort of going going back and forth about like right. what is really happening, which which could be the desired uh, uh, effect, right? To for us to challenge our preconceived notions when it comes to this story. Um, so yeah, just maybe towards the end, or at least that that last uh, paragraph where you see the 
dejected look in the, uh, in the child and and the man, maybe turning turning that up a a bit more to make it a, a bit more obvious could mm-hmm. work. But but again, that's that's just it in my own personal reading. Someone else could yeah. could could uh, come along and totally get it off jump. So right, I think one thing that um, would have made it work is contriving the confrontation a little bit different. I know it's good for it to be like him being there too, but I don't have an answer if someone asks the question like, why doesn't he speak up in this moment, right? Yeah. Like just because she's speaking to the wrong person, um, like he's right there. You know, he could have gotten up and said, I'll I'll do it. Um or whatever. Yeah. Well or, I, I, I kind of saw that as him not wanting to make this scene because he knows it would just yeah. make things worse, right? Yeah, I was thinking maybe a, a way to fix it that way would be like to have like one of the truckers come over or something and be like, is there a problem? It's like very much like with the implication that like there's like a tough person that would cause a scene suspecting um, the man, right? Mm-hmm. So if he tries to ask for help, then it would get shut down by that person, you know? Oh, I see. So, like, as the um, waitress is, like, talking to the men and the whole scene is is, is happening, one of the truckers come comes over trying to be all, like, white, white nighty. Yeah, like, is there a problem, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever? The like, uh, I don't, like, you can go ahead, you can stay seated, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, something like that. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, I think that that would def that would definitely work. It would also um, complicate things, but like in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, like my like overall thoughts about this piece is that of, of course you have a really great great style and like way of telling stories. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, and the and the description in 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 the beginning is really 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 grounding. Um, which I think is very necessary, um, especially since you jump from this this diner into a past that that is, that isn't really grounded anywhere except that it's that's you know within Marg's um, life experience. But I, but I think that that's fine because we we've already been grounded within this uh, this story, so that when we switch back, uh, nothing is is really being lost. So so I think that that was really handled very well. Um, so yeah, I just feel that yeah the the biggest thing for for me or the biggest thing holding me back within this story is just that ending section, making it not like one hundred percent obvious, but adding mm-hmm. more more bread more breadcrumbs to that. I mean, going going off of the idea that that you just stated, uh, if if one of the truckers came came up, that would be a really great moment to to see the body language of this man you know mm-hmm. and uh well i would say like of the couple in in uh general you know like uh does does the wife look look over to him with a like really harsh look or um mm-hmm. is she more distant from him trying to act like like he's not there like these these little things can can definitely be be used to make the ending a bit more obvious and mm-hmm. in and impactful um also you know I, I would say like maybe a little bit more focus on on this kid you know yeah uh, yeah so so, so yeah. like the i don't know the the kid was like kind of like a mix of um a couple ideas that mm-hmm. 
only barely made it in. Like, question: I, for Did a bit, you did you know you wanted to add a kid going into this? I was debating back and forth okay. whether I wanted to, and I didn't at the beginning, and then I did about midway through, and then mm. I added them back to the beginning, um, because I was like, maybe the kid is the one that asked for help, mm-hmm. right? Maybe like writing a thing in crayon or whatever. But, okay. Um, so no, I just didn't turn. I would say that could sense that the kid was kind of a afterthought with within mm-hmm. this this story, right? Um, which is which is fine, you know. We mm-hmm. we all we all add random fucking elements half halfway through a story, um, but I think yeah that that would be a really great catalyst to utilize earlier, um, or or you mm-hmm. know to sort of tie the 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 kid in deeper within this this story uh on the same level as the wife and the uh, husband mm-hmm. you know because the, the yeah. kid just seems like he's there and uh, you would right, think right, if right. there if the um if their like family unit is like within this strife is sort of breaking down you would see that more obviously on the kid who probably can't mm-hmm. hide their emotions as much you know right yeah um one thing that um just occurred to me that I could have done is um, have the the woman stand up and like go with Marge to look at credit card whatever. Yes. And then Marge have like a frank conversation about, hey, yeah, do you need help? Do you need me to call someone? You know, getting no mm. um, subtlety when she's asking. And then during that, the man and the uh, tries to take the boy and leave, right? Oh. And just like leave the the woman there, right? Mm. um sort of seeing like this is not what like marge thinks she's helping the woman but she's actually helping the man right now but then when the truckers goes hey yeah you're not going anywhere bud buddy um, yeah. right trying to steal a kid or whatever and then having that awkward moment where yeah the woman knows exactly what happened uh marge is confused and doesn't register it until uh he leaves. You know what? Just just by you saying that, I can feel the like tension rising in in my myself. I think that would be yeah. a, a very tense ending for it. Because um, like because like as as is the the tension here is as I said like a bit more subtle, and mm-hmm. the story seems to to end when there's still so much left left there, right? But I feel that mm-hmm. this new ending that, that you could possibly uh, uh, implement. Would definitely not only raise that uh, that tension, but it will make the situation even more dire because you'll you'll be able to tell. Oh, after all of this, something horrible is 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 going to happen. Yeah. This this wife is going to bring the um, the like hammer down on both of them, which is awful, right? Right, right. So yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so that's what I'll do if I rewrite this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you've you've already gone into um, kind of what inspired this uh, this story for you. So I mean, could you just sort of piece piece back back over that uh, after you know reading it on the pod and just sort of uh, l- let us know like if you learned anything or like any new uh, tactics mm-hmm. that you uh, went about when it came to writing this. I'm um, just talking about process. Um, there was a lot of jumping around. I think I'm getting more and more comfortable. I've talked about it a couple of times. Of just like not feeling like I have to write from beginning to end. Yes. And I think that helps a lot. Um, th- like, for example, did you notice like parts where it was just like, I don't know, like 
a short transitory thing between two like more intentional parts did you notice any of those uh what do you mean by that like a like, transitional line or something like that like uh for example when she goes from her like memory right mm-hmm. um and then she like gets the uh check um and then she sees the signature. The signature and the memories are the important bits, right? Mm-hmm. So I wrote one, and then I wrote um, the other one. And I had just them, like, a spaced apart. I didn't know what to put in between. And then basically, I when I was done writing the rest of the story, basically, I just went through. And in that section, I just put a bunch of, like, actions. Just a list of actions that got me from one to the other. Mm. Just because that's all I need. I didn't need to... I don't, it, maybe if you're looking for it, you notice it, but I don't think you really notice it when you're reading it. It doesn't, it's not like weird. Um, yeah, no, no, I mean, is. I think, I think a, uh, a lot of the trans- transitions are uh, really well, well placed. I think it, it works mostly because it adds in to the flow of this, this story to where mm-hmm. it seems like a natural per progressor, you know, uh, in the, in the previous pair, uh, in the previous paragraph, it, Talks about memories, and then we go back into Marge's back backstory, uh, and then we sort of snap snap back into this sort of scene um, at a really uh, appropriate time. I think the best thing mm-hmm. about the story is that nothing overstays its its welcome, and the connective tissue isn't showing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, with connective tissue, basically. When I started writing, like, a long time ago, I mean, not, like, for Mm -hmm. the story, um, I probably would have tried to go start to finish. Yeah. And write, you know, after she got her coffee, she went and talked to these people and washed some dishes or whatever. And, like, each exchange of, like, getting the receipt and getting the card and everything, those would be, like, with dialogue and everything. But it just wasn't important. That's not where I wanted to have the interactions right mm-hmm. um like this confrontation at the end and her getting the the orders in the first place those could have been whole um like you know a lot of subtle signs and stuff and her reading into expressions and what they're saying in undertones but um there, I, there just wasn't a point in putting that many different like little scenes basically when i could have just done one big one and summarize everything to get to that point. Mm. And um, I don't know. It's just uh, a little freeing to let myself let go and not have to not feel like I have to write about every little thing. I can just skip to what the important parts are. Um, fill in the blank later on with just whatever scaffolding I need to get from one um, interesting to thing other. to the next. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I think that um, by, by doing this, the story is very effective you know um i would say that yeah this is definitely one of the most effective pieces that i have seen from you on this uh, pod well thank you how you know it is really able to stay in stay in pocket and yeah yeah like uh as you said being able to jump from one important bit to to the other without sort of spending too much time on the uh mun on the mundane parts you know this, mm-hmm. this story seems very trim very lean mm-hmm. um but yeah i think uh we can we can move on i think i've had enough about the story it was cool um writing again i don't remember the last time we 
wrote stories for the podcast was, but it was probably a long time ago. Probably pre Like a year ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, which is a long time to be away from our roots. I know, yeah, yeah. Which which means, you know, now I guess we, we have to start writing more. That's awful. <laughs> I hate it. Um, we'll see if I do it again next week. Um, I hope I do. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Well, all right. I think it's high time to roll on in to these wonderful stories that were submitted this week. Hell yeah. Who are we reading about? Who are, who are we talking about this week? Yep. So the stories that were submitted this week are by Matt Said Words, Sarah Penguin, and, and Excalibur. All right, let's go. And we will be starting with a story by Matt Said Words titled The Last Room at the End, which is a continuation from the story that we got last week. Yeah, that's the story that we read on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. Live. Um, so in this one, we have our main character who, um, is hearing impaired, um, he, in that, uh, hotel that's having a storm and every room is getting booked. The old man who's in charge of the place, uh, takes him aside to talk to him. And, um, during that conversation, old man asks if Travis is spiritual and we sort of set up this, um, mythos around this hotel that something happened like, uh, 30 years ago or a long, long time ago, um, where they set up this mythos about always leave one room not booked, right? And that some one time that room was booked, and the man who booked it had either died or seen something horrible with a scream, and the woman he was with, I think that's the implication, uh, had torn off her own ears. And that's something that we get revealed at the end in the dramatic... Um, the, yeah, ending is... Uh, the implication that yeah maybe Travis will be the one to face whatever this thing is with his hearing impairment and that being something that that saves him. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I really do like where the story uh, picks up uh, right where we left off, and I like going going into this already knowing the the character of Travis. So there really isn't that much time spent sort of setting him him up. Uh, and this back and forth be between tra- Travis and um, Otto, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. which by the way great name love it Uh, (laughs) um but yeah i think that you know this this like back and forth ghost ghost story is like really nice and it's uh and it's like fairly chilling um and yeah i just i i I just really like the setting of a uh, haunted uh inn you know It's 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 a really classic setting and yeah this this story just serves to sort of build up this this tension of, of what could possibly happen to um travis in this uh, uh in this last room and i do mm-hmm. like how at the end the um device of his hearing aid does does come into to play where i guess he's tuning out <laughs> whatever the um the uh whatever Otto is is saying was i thought was you know fairly 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 comical um is he uh let me what, what point do you mean i mean he did edit it a little bit the, the only thing i noticed was at the end it, it said before she tore off her own is what it said yeah he's changed that to she tore off her own shit the hearing aid fastened to his head began to shriek which i prefer the older version but i don't remember a part where he tunes out auto though well well yeah it's it's like during during that that time or I guess not tune out, but but that's when uh, his uh, hearing aid acts acts up, right? Okay. Uh, and I liked the um, usage of that D de- device as sort of like uh, texture 
for uh, sure. uh, for the story. But you know, this this um edit is is also pretty good. Um, but yeah, overall, I just I think this is a really strong story that you know, as I said, is setting up the the tension for uh, when Travis does end up walking mm-hmm. into this room. Yeah. Um. One thing I think I am noticing, and I think uh, probably Matt Sidwood is also noticing as they write it, is just that like. I don't quite get the motivation for Travis to go into this room yeah. or w- instead of just like sleeping in the lobby or something because it seems like he does take the warning a bit seriously. Um and I like it it does occur to me like why do horror movie protagonists, you know, do the g- get into the horror movie situation, right? Yeah. And it's usually like a flaw that they have, right? They're too Curious. like arrogant. Um they they're too horny to care. Yeah. They are, you know, they, they do something that gets them to deserve it. But here, Otto, like, gives him the information because Otto is also a good guy. And Travis is also, like, a really good guy. So, and and smart and reasonable. So, I don't quite buy that he would go. That said, Massa Words definitely do write that scene because that'll be cool. Um, I think, I don't know. I wonder if making Travis more flawed or just, like, dismissive of this thing um and like not finding out about the particulars of um what's what's in this uh what happens in this room Mm -hmm. until later might be better um like for example if Otto told him all the story except for the giving him the newspaper bit not not giving him that picture of the woman without the ears and just saying maybe you'll be fine regardless talking about the hearing aid um and then like later on travis finds out this news article right before it's already like locked in and he can't not have the experience you know Mm -hmm. yeah 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 no that is that's very valid yeah okay i think we've uh spent uh, enough time on the story so we can move on but i I did really really enjoy it Mm -hmm. um i'm looking forward to uh the third part in this yeah same same uh and next up is by sarah penguin with lovecraft good title wonderful title yeah it's great this is great um so we have these two characters um julia it has entered the um witch witchery room of emily uh so so we have this really cool description of this you know very like occult looking room like a ritual space Mm -hmm. we have this like black book these altars with these uh statues that are clearly of like um artemis dionysus and uh freya um who are very very queer gods i think (laughs) (laughs) yes so yeah no it's 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 really cool um and it, it's nice. So basically, Emily, the witch here, uh, in the modern day, wearing a hoodie, explains to Julia, you know, how this is where the magic happens, which is a great line. Um, and, you know, what what kind of witch stuff they do. And it's how it's, like, chill and cool, but not, like, that big a deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, very down to earth. And then they get to work doing a, um, like, a, basically, like, a love potion, except uh emily saying enough that it's like clear that we're not supposed to think that it's unethical so i I think it works um and um the how it works is that it's supposed to this love potion after being made it's supposed to be opened in the presence of the person that julia the friend uh wants to um get them to uh think about whether they want to date her basically 
Um, and so they finish the potion, and then Julia immediately opens it. And Emily's, hey, no, you're supposed to um, open it with the person you'd like, not. And then Julia's like, haha. Got him. Do you? Yes, <laughs> you are the person. And it was blushes. It's nice. It's cute. Um, very, very, very cute scene. I actually, this is one of uh, my favorite of Sarah Penguin stories uh, so far. Actually, um, it's it's all takes place in this one, um, in this one room. It's paced really well. There's mm-hmm. this wonderful, you know, some character building there. It's great. I like it a lot. Yeah, no, this this story has some really great character work. And I also really do like the uh, care taken with the uh, dialogue. Uh, mm-hmm. There's uh, there's this one point where they're like, uh, t- where they're like talking about Eye of Newt and how it's just code for like something else. And, and I thought that mm-hmm. that was a really nice, nice touch there, sort of trying to um, make a modern sense on these old uh, stereotypes when it comes to uh, witchcraft. Um, but yeah, I just think that, you know, this is just a really nice scene. It feels very uh, intimate, very warm um, when mm-hmm. they're like, you know, standing, standing over this uh, table, making making this this potion. Uh, and and the ending was expected, but in the best way. You know, it was. Yeah. It, it yeah. Was a there's very a cute ending. Yeah. There's a, a moment where uh, Emily says, what do you like about this person? And Julia goes, um uh, they are kind. They like to care for others. They're funny. They get nervous. Uh, when they get nervous, they shift around and make bad jokes. And at the beginning, Emily shifted and said, "This is where the magic happens." So it was enough. <laughs> yeah. that I was like, "It's pretty, pretty sure it's Emily," but not enough. That I was like, "Oh, of course." But I, it was, it was nicely signaled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, that that just shows the attention to uh, detail within the story. So yeah, I mean, overall, mm-hmm. I just I just really liked it, and yeah, I would I would uh, agree. This is definitely uh, one of the best things that um, I've seen from you, Sarah Penguin. So thank you very much mm-hmm. for uh, submitting it to us. Yeah, um, not that this is something that like needed or would be expected in um, the story. I feel like the story is very effective. It's not like any wasted time. Um, in an edit, if you want to, or if you want to add more or something like that, I would love um, some more time setting up each character's like personalities and how they're like different and and stuff. Um, I think it was it was great in this, um, but like to really make me feel like ah, you know, the whole thing with that, uh, setting up a bit of their past relationship and maybe. Um, you know, how they, like, why, you know, why they haven't gotten together before, some of the flirtations, denials, etc. So, um, you know, it, more, I guess, yeah. more uh, more of the chase leading up to this catch right here. Mm-hmm. And more will always be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for the usually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, that's it, not, not that this, like, it doesn't feel missing. It's just something I think would make it uh, be even better. Yeah, definitely. I'm like waving my hands a lot when I'm uh, <laughs> saying all of that. Like I'm just I'm like trying to signal to an individual. No, no, to an invisible person. I'm trying to signal that like I'm not entirely sure what specifically <laughs> I'm trying to communicate. But well, all right. Uh, up up next is by Excaliburn with a untitled riddle. Um. Yeah. So this is a riddle. Um, so I'm going to actually read it out for the audience, and if you have not read the riddle, and you would like to take the time to try to figure it out, you should pause right after I finish it, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to say the riddle. 
I openly offer options and quietly obscure them. A canny and demure cupboard of actions. My key is all but forgotten, clasp opened only by fruit. Dexterous mammals are deemed more meat. That's M-E-E-T. So that's the riddle. Give you some time to uh, pause and figure it out. You can also go to do the right thing and, and see it right there. Okay, and the answer is a computer's context menu is what I am. So offers options and also uh, doesn't show the all of the options at the same time. Uh, Kenny Demure, it's a cupboard of actions, it's a menu, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Caliburn explains that um, for the fruit line, most keyboards have a key that will open the context menu. And in Apple computers, that is the only default way to do that, the, uh-huh. the key. Um, and the last line dexterous mammals are deemed more meat is to hint at right clicks dexterous means to have some quality right-handedness usually coordination and mice are mammals hmm, okay okay yeah so i mean when i first first read this it took me a couple of, of reads to to get it mostly because i'm not really good at riddles um i'm not either <laughs> yeah exactly and i did get that it was a computer because key uh, dexterous options um actions you know those mm-hmm. those words were uh, really pulling me towards a a a computer but i didn't i did not get all of it um until i had to look and see this one was a real stumper uh mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it uh, really did uh, get me thinking for for quite some some time which you know only shows the uh effectiveness of a good riddle um i will say i think some of the hints, and perhaps this is just me not uh, getting it enough, so you can dismiss this Excalibur and if you're like, you should have gotten it. <laughs> dismiss. Um, but for example, like, uh, the are deemed more mean. I, dexterous animal, animal, dexterous mammals definitely, I think, uh, gets a, should get us to think of uh, clicking or, or of mice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the are deemed more meat, I wasn't quite sure what that was supposed to mean. Like, not even, not just in the like context yeah but also in the riddle like i didn't understand what the sentence was saying basically the phrase i think also my key is all but forgotten a clasp only opened by fruit i think is i think it it definitely fits that what it was supposed to signal about um apple about yeah apple being the fruit Mm -hmm. um but i think it just needed a little bit of changing to make it fit the because the clasp isn't open only by apple it's open by other companies right so if it was changed like i don't know something to signal that this key is only used by apple for example but the clasp itself is used by others does that make any sense i don't know regardless this doesn't really matter the point is um lovely riddle um and of course the things things to do about it about it and i think it was definitely worth experimentation and i'm glad that excaliburn um, wrote one. I know they've been doing poetry for a while, which is wonderful. I love that variety, and I really appreciate this this uh, submission. Yeah, definitely. I I love how it is. Uh, again, a very uh, ex experimental piece by uh, Excalibur, which I mean that's that's the whole point of uh, doing the the right thing is to try try something out, try something new. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. this is perfectly portraying that vital a- that vital aspect of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, those are all of the fantastic stories that we have for this week. So we want to give a big old thank you to everyone who did submit their story. So 
Thank you very much to Matt Set Words. Thank you to Sarah Penguin. And thank you to Excalibur. And we also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave a comment. Uh, leaving a comment not only under your own story but under someone else's can not only condense every every feeling that you have about your story for everyone to see, but you're also pro- providing someone else with crucial feedback that can only improve both of y'all in becoming better writers. So Hell thank you very yeah. much to Excalibur, Sarah Penguin, and Matt Said Words. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, y'all did a really great job. Mm-hmm. If you want to be like all these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words. Um, that's right. If you want to see the words as soon as they come out, uh, the play- best place to do that would be on Twitter at RightThingCast. There you would see our wonderful uh, new logo, a notification about our uh, schedule change, which we announced last week. We'll be um, releasing on Sundays, as you can probably tell. Um, and the deadline's being on Fridays now. And um, you can also go on our Discord, which is free to join at this point. And that's also a place where we announce the words. And if you want to support us and everything else happening in Doof, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate $10 or more per month to be able to vote in everything upcoming in Doof. And you also get, get access to exclusive bonus content. Um, that's right. So... Uh, one thing going on, one thing that's not going on in Doof Media is getting ready for the um, All Packed Up, All Packed Up, All uh, Packed Up Two, All Paled Out Beyond the Pale is is not is not happening anytime soon. So here's proof <gasps> that Doof Media does not have uh, behind the scenes information because it seems like Pale is not done and actually will be going on for a bit longer. So um, <laughs> that's our proof. We don't. We don't have anything um, that y'all don't. And we really thought that that was the last chapter. It's totally, of course, totally fine that it's not. And, 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 and I'm looking forward to reading more. Actually, I haven't caught up yet. So um, I'm glad to have like a whole burst to read and then being caught up again. Um, but yeah, there's, there's your proof. Um, we are not in bed with the author. He keeps <laughs> everything close to the best. <laughs> anyway... Um, but Pale Reflections is also still going out, um, with a wonderful episode coming out, uh, every single week, and there you would find out the reaction to, um, both the, uh, close signal and the realization that it's not happening. You could see all of that on, um, that week's episode. There's also Kingslingers, if you haven't, uh, considered that. If you, if you've ever read a, um, Stephen King story, you should go and listen to the episode they've inevitably done about that. Um, Besides The Dark Tower, they've also done um, uh, episodes on a lot of other of his works. I think a lot of them are part of bonus content as part of other levels of The Tower. Um, But we've also done uh, book clubs and all sorts of things. And uh, the last thing I want to mention is, uh, if y'all remember the Do the King Thing story, um, Do the King Thing story, Do the King Thing contest that was done about writing um some stephen king stories that has been voted on with some wonderful wonderful submissions um i know that some of y'all uh from do the right thing did submit and i read some of those and those were great um and i think the winners are um have been selected and are going to be announced very soon so i'm excited for that 
And if you haven't read all of the stories that were submitted, uh, when the winners get announced, go read those at least. Those are wonderful. Well, all right. I think it's high time to roll on into next week's words, don't you think? Hell yeah. So next week's words are omission, particular, invasion, and firsthand. Okay. Very, very interesting words. Yeah, so some fun ones. Um, so omission, and it's all right if you want to use the word omit instead, mm-hmm. is to leave something out. So, for example, when you write your uh, story, you'll use three of the words, and the fourth word you will omit. Mm. Um, and also a common thing is for people to lie by omission, which is... To not um, tell the whole they truth. Don't, yeah, not to tell the whole truth. Leave out stuff that is um, would be essential to understanding the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone could be confused and think an omission is related to an emission, but emission is a gas that is exp- uh, escaping. Yes, um, spelled differently too. Expelled, yeah, exactly. Ones with an e. Um, the next word is particular, which is uh, when um, there's a particular, god damn it, a specific focus on something, um, something being uh, chosen specifically. It's basically, it's very similar to. Uh, specific, although it can also mean someone being like picky. Mm-hmm. If someone's very particular, everything has to be just right. An invasion is when um, one force uh, forcibly enters another force. Yeah, like an alien invasion. Yes, like an alien invasion, army invading, um, or also it can be like a bodily invasion, mm-hmm. an invasion of privacy. Yes, yes. Um, basically, yeah, one force right, forcing itself into a place where it is not wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then firsthand um, is basically to see something uh, with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. So For a yourself. primary account. Exactly. Um, you could also do something about like the first hand or I don't know how, what you would do. Yeah. But you could do something with that. Like a like a first hand is just a, another term for someone's right hand man. You know, mm-hmm. a first mate, um, first hand. So, Jarvis, um, with the last reminder that uh, this month's theme is all is not what it seems, Mm -hmm. what story are you writing? So my story is going to be a first-hand account of the first invasion on this Earth from Mm -hmm. uh, outside forces, humanoid Mm -hmm. creatures, very similar to us, but with a particular roundness to their face okay um now as as soon as they land uh they quickly set up their own bases uh re re regardless of uh whatever forces we we throw their uh, their way um and they say that that they are here to to stay uh and and if we have a problem with that they can we can talk to their boss directly um so many years pass <laughs> uh they have they've been here for about 10 years and and we have boxed them uh, them in because they are on our land to where they're mm-hmm. basically a uh, a second class or third class citizen uh mm-hmm. all of their resources being being used by us to uh power local cities because humans just be doing that mm-hmm. um you just got that one word, Jarvis. Yeah, uh, and it turns out that one thing that the aliens omitted 
from their it for their initial re uh, report when when we first encountered them was that they actually were the first in, inhabitants on on this planet and that they have been and that they have just been gone for a very long time looking for other planets for them to possibly inhabit mm-hmm well, I don't think that changes anything here on Earth. I don't think we care about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately. You know. um, so my story is about a teacher. A teacher is teaching a class, a teacher right? Teaches, and yes. asks the class um, uh, a question um, about, um, like, the, the, the invasion that just happened. The invasion that just happened just a little bit ago. And the first hand... That goes up. Haha, <laughs> I'm clever here. Yeah. First hand that goes up is to this one student um, sitting in the back, uh, usually staring out the window and being very mysterious, um, who says that it was um, really, uh, really bad and that um, she she hated it. And um, and yeah, and but the the teacher is very particular and uh, says that's not enough. You got to you got to you got to tell me gotta tell me more and um she reveals which that that omission that she had in the original that she she was part of the invasion (gasps) she was part of the invading she was a bad guy um and then when she says that the rest of the class dogpiled her and they arrested her and she went to jail (laughs) and then she was tried for war crimes well that's kind of awful she didn't do anything she was just yeah she was she was part of the invasion and then she went to class as if it was nothing but she was she was trying to learn our ways doesn't everyone Mm -hmm. get a second chance not when they do war crimes you don't know what she did this like all those students they did the right thing oh okay well i guess if they did the right thing it's fine